I want to start off by asking today, where have all the dreamers gone? Where have all the dreamers gone? You've heard that question before. Maybe you've asked it to yourself. It seems that many people don't dream anymore. Day-to-day life has seemed to have gotten in the way. The days turn into years, and before you know it, I know I felt that, it seems to drift away from us. What is the dream that God has put inside of you? No, I'm talking about you today. What is the dream that God has put inside of you? Maybe it is a dream that is left dormant inside of you, that you maybe it's never picked it up. You've heard God speak. You know what you're supposed to do, but you haven't for whatever reason. You know, you know, we all dream some way or another. You know, there are daydreams. There are dreams that could happen but are probably not going to happen. You daydreamers, you know who you are that are here. You daydream a lot. Then there are pipe dreams. Many times are just that. They are stuck in a pipe and forever will remain in the pipe, right? Then there are scary dreams that happen in our lives that frighten us, that scare us many times. Then there are God-sized dreams, and what I want to talk about today, there are God-sized dreams. I'm talking about dreams that have to be connected to the power and the purposes of God for it to take place. And I want to share with you a dream today that God has placed in my heart for this church. And I want to speak to you, and I want to speak to us as as a church body today. But before I do, we're going to turn to the Old Testament book of Joshua. If you'll go there with me. I want to give you a little background on the chapter that I'm going to preach out of today. What is happening in this point in Joshua chapter 1, there is a transition that's going on in the nation of Israel between the leadership of Moses and the leadership of Joshua. The transition is happening, and this is where we find ourselves as we open up this book to Joshua chapter 1. Moses in the previous chapter had just died. Moses died in Mount Nebo. They buried him. Joseph, uh, excuse me, Joshua had been with him, and, and God had been putting a dream, but not just a dream, a dream with directions in his heart that God was stirring up while he was yet serving with Moses and under Moses. And God talks to Joshua here, and here's what he says, Joshua chapter 1 in verse 2. It says, Moses, my servant is dead, now then. Now then, can you say that with me? Now then, come on, let's say it again. Now then. God is saying, I've got some news here and I want you to understand this and I want you to hear this, that you need to be courageous now. You need to be courageous now. And Joshua, he's not even speaking it to that day, he's speaking it to you and to me. He's speaking it to us here. You can put your name in there, to be courageous now. Can you say that with me? Be courageous now. Joshua was at a very critical time in his life. God became very specific, God became very clear, because this was a critical season in his life. And he's telling him in this, you've got to be clear-headed you can't afford to cave in mentally or, or, or emotionally. It's absolutely essential for you to be courageous now. And God is actually saying these things to him. He tells him in these verses the benefits of being courageous now. There are benefits to being courageous in the Lord Jesus Christ, and he lays them out. He's saying, get ready to cross the Jordan into the land that I'm about ready to give to you. I'll give you every place that you set your foot. 
because your territory will extend. And he continues, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you, God says. You know, I kind of see this kind of like a parent. You know, parents, we want to get our kids' attention, you know, and um, when we're trying to get their attention, they're wiggly many times, and, you know, we got something important to say to them, right? And I believe this is kind of really what's going on here as God turns to Joshua now, and Moses is dead, and it's in this moment he wants him to understand, and it's almost like God is putting his hands on his shoulders that you would understand this, just like we do with our kids when it's really important. We're like, hey, I want you to understand this. I want you to get this clear because this is an important season in your life. And, and he tells them, I don't want you to miss this. I want you to get this. And so Moses, my servant, is dead now, not a week from now not three months from now, not after you have wallowed in self-pity, everybody shout now. Now. That's what he's saying, now. See, many times when we hit difficult situations and transitions, we don't make what is called like an internal change inside of us. We hold on to the past. We linger in the same frame of mind that we were in yesterday. People, you know, we, we, we hold on to yesteryear and hoping that it will all change. People want to make progress but don't want to make the shift that requires progress. Amen? We want better lives, but we keep thinking the way that we've always thought and talked the way we've always talked, and we keep doing the things that we've always done. We want to be healthy, but don't want to roll out of bed in the morning and stop going to Dunkin' Donuts. Did I get your attention now? Yeah. What God is saying to Joshua is here, son, I need you to think differently of yourself. You've only seen yourself as a follower up till now, and you have been a good one because you have served the vision of my servant Moses, but I need for you to fill a void that is left. There's four million people who are looking for leadership right now. Four million people. Four million people who left Egypt and are heading to the promised land. I don't know about you, but I'm heading to the promised land. Are you with me? I don't know if you're in Christ, we are headed towards the promised land. Amen? This isn't a group of 50 people. This is a nation. An up-and-coming nation that God absolutely loved, and God is saying to him, I need you right now. I need you to be courageous in this moment. The first is, number one, as we look at this, there's three specific areas as I talk about courage in the different seasons and the different chapters of your heart and your life that all of us will go through some way, somehow, and most of us are probably in the middle of one of these things I'm talking about. The first is, in these times of internal change, be courageous for the new chapter in your life. Be courageous now. Joshua was being coached by God to make an internal transition to go from following to leading to step into the new role, to step into the new place, to step into a new position to the dream that God had placed on his heart. And I want to let you know today that today is a new season at Abundant Life Church. This is a new season that this church is getting ready to uh, go into. That 14 years ago, when God allowed us to come to this church and be voted in, when Kristen and I came, we came to this church and God had put inside of our hearts a reproducing spirit. 
that there would be a reproducing spirit. This is what has been sown into our ministries for decades. We have served under amazing leaders. God has blessed us with. And underneath of that, they were reproducing men and women of God. So we are just products of that. That God has given us a reproducing spirit to see the church multiply. This is not just having one church at one location, but one church with two locations and possibly multiple locations. You know, I really had as a goal as I came in and I, you know, talking to the Lord as we came into the church and as, as God allowed it to grow and breathe life into it. And we are so thankful and we are humbled by that. But, but I said, you know, God, maybe at about 800 people, it is about that right time that we should probably multiply and, and, and plant and, and grow and, and reproduce. And, you know, time flew by before you know it. Doesn't time fly? And you get busy and you keep going after life and many things came up and many times come and went. And, and, and then 14 years later, we blew past the 800, thankful to God. But sometimes I, what I've done is I, as I looked back, I looked through the lens of fear rather than the lens of faith. And I shrank back and did not pursue the God-sized dream that he had put within me. And I've had to go back and I've had to apologize and ask the Lord for forgiveness of going past that and whatever reason and whatever excuse I wanted to use. It, doesn't, it really doesn't add up to what God wants us to do And that. I've had to go back and say, God, you have put this within my heart. And, you know, God has stirred me and he has stirred my heart again as, as well as our pastoral staff to plant a church out of abundant life. That, that the same thing you see all throughout the New Testament church, as you open up the New Testament church, you see a church that was reproducing and multiplying. You see the apostle Paul going and doing what God has called him to do, saved him from a life of sin, and then he just started planting churches all over the region. That is what God is calling us to do as I come before you and give a word to this church today. That God is stirring our hearts. I, these are, of course, things that our pastoral staff, we have been talking about for quite a while. We have continued to bathe this in prayer. This just isn't get up one morning and think that this is all good and well. This is bathing this in prayer and saying, God, we really feel that you are stirring us now to do this. I've shared with our board uh, on this, and they know my heart on this. And so I want to let you know, anybody that's been here and served underneath my leadership in the last 14 years, to God be the glory, that you know I don't talk about things flippantly I just don't say things and think and hope so and all of that but that by faith believing and laying this out to prayer that God is doing a new work in us and this is a new season for Abundant Life Church that we are stepping into new ground and that we are stepping into new territory that doesn't mean I leave here as the pastor. I'm only here by what God wants me to do while we remain the pastor, but it is having a church in other locations, and, and, and we're praying to God, where will that be? And we are seeking the Lord on that because we want to get that right because there are lost people all around us that is in need of the hope of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
but we are looking to do that. And I, I just want to share with you today that, that we are called to reproduce and multiply. If you have been here for the last couple of weeks, even through the series we came out of, you have heard us talk about reproducing. You have heard us talk about multiplying. He has been speaking to us. And so sowing and reaping is inside of the word of the Lord. Amen. And so I've got friends that have planted churches right here in the state, other states, maybe you have as well. But listen, there's stories that keep coming to me from what God has done in them. Is like their church, they just felt stirred in their heart that God told them to plant a church. And as they planted that church and they sowed the people, some of the people from that church into the new church plant, what happened was, was God filled up the main location again. So they planted another church and God filled up the main location again. Why? Because there's a spiritual dynamic that is at work and it is called sowing and reaping. What you sow, you're going to reap. Whether it is good or whether it is bad, sowing and reaping is a biblical dynamic that God is going to replicate himself. Amen? That God wants to do his work in and through us as his body, through his church. And let me tell you, church, it's not losing ground. It is about ready to gain ground. God is about ready to multiply our efforts. And listen, this is the great thing about the word of God. As you look from Genesis to Revelation, to the time he spoke it into being, to Revelation, he gets to the end, and he is the omega, that he is that same way to us today as well in this room. That God is saying, hey, I not only want you to plan, I want you to have the work of my spirit. Now listen, how many of you know it's not planning or the Holy Spirit or Holy Spirit or plan? It is planning, planning like God did. He called order out of chaos. Genesis, amen, are you with me? God's called us to plan. This isn't a hope so Christianity. This is plan and the work of the Holy Spirit to set it ablaze. How many of you are with me? Amen. You've got to have both of those. And the word of the Lord does not disconnect those two things. You can't show me because it's not in there. There is planning and the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is together. It's not or. It's not plan or the Holy Spirit or Holy Spirit or plan. No, it is together in tandem working together for his efforts and his glory. So some of you are saying, well, I want to know the where, the what, and the how, and I know how you're wired. But listen, we are beginning the steps towards this now internally of saying there's an internal shift that's happening inside of us. And I want to encourage you that we don't have the location and all that's going to happen, but we know that is in the next year that God is calling us to do this. But, but the why question is easy. The why question, why would we do this? It's God's desire that his church would multiply and reproduce. That's what scripture tells us. That's the type of God that we serve, that you would multiply and you would reproduce. And so many of you here have, we know every person here has got a calling in Christ. Some of you have a calling to go and work more towards ministry and things like that. Listen, I'm going to tell you, there's a seat for you at the table at this church. There's a seat for you to be able to multiply and reproduce your giftings. And we're going to see that happen. So I want to let you know that. So I want to encourage you, if you call this your church, you need to jump in and you need to get involved right now and you need to be a part of what God is doing through Abundant Life Church. Amen? Don't sit on the sidelines. Don't sit on the fringes. Come on, step up and do what God has called you to do. Amen? All right. So God is going to do this and we know it. 
But so I'm going to ask you to do this. I want to ask you to pray because nothing happens without prayer. Nothing. Ephesians, and I want you to pray this prayer and this scripture through Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20 to pray to the God who can do immeasurably more than all that we could think or imagine. Amen? That some of you are saying, wow, we could just have churches without a certain amount of miles. Hey, God may ask us to plant a church in another country. So we have to keep our minds open and be prepared for what he wants to do. Are you with me, church? Amen, all right? So I want your minds to kind of, yeah, Lord, whatever you desire to dream big and believe that it is the start of many church plants. So I want to let you know today, we are expecting a baby. Yeah, come on. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? We are expecting a baby. Yeah. No, not Kristen and I. No, all of us together. You are pregnant with the destiny of God. Mike and Megan are no longer expecting. They have baby due. Give a great big hand to Pastor Mike and Megan and their baby. Amen. Come on, you can only be pregnant so long. And the lady said what? That's right. You have to give birth to that thing. You have to give birth to what God has put inside of you. Or you will stifle the word of the Lord in your life. You will stifle it. So we need to know this. Details rarely accompany dreams. And we see this in the word. Psalm 37, 23, God doesn't work in leaps. He works in steps. And the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The steps of a good woman are ordered by the Lord. God doesn't work in leaps. He works in steps. And I want to encourage you, with those of you that have been holding on to a dream in your heart and in your life, you got to know that God's rarely going to work like that. He's going to probably work in baby steps. He's going to work in steps in your life because why? He's growing the person. He's growing us. He's growing you in the dream that God has for your life. So we need to know these are steps. These are steps. We know that new chapters and the amazing opportunities will require you and I to make an internal transition in our life. It takes a courageous internal shift for a boy to become a man. For a young lady to become a woman. And it doesn't just happen because their bodies grow. He or she becomes a man or a woman because they make an internal transition in their life. They are growing and they can't stay where they used to be to go on to what God wants to do in them. It's so good to know that. that you, I'm talking about men and women who take on responsibility, who own up to the moment, who step up and step out. Listen, you can be tender and you can be tough. You can drive men a big truck with big tires and all you want. Listen, you can still pray with your kids at night. Come on. You can still be a tender, godly leader to your home. Amen? We've got to do this. This is what he's done. There's There's a shift. There's a change that happens. So we have to know that. We, we need to be the men and women of God that he has called us to be. And what it is, it's doing warfare together against darkness. That's what this is about. 
Joshua was being told, you're going to have to make a change in the way you see yourself. You're going to have to have courage enough to go out there and fill the void being left by Moses. Those are some big shoes to fill. Moses, come on. You're going to have to change how you see yourself. And God gave him a speech, much like a locker room talk to an NFL coach would give a team at at the Super Bowl. You know, you you may have not been world champions before. You don't even know what it's like. But they're tempted to think of themselves as just another team. But it's time to think of yourselves like world champions now. you got to start thinking of yourself this way. You need to get your internal disposition right because you and I are victorious through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, your biggest and best opportunities will require an internal change within you that draws on untapped resources that are inside of you. Listen, the anointing and the calling on your life was meant to be tapped by God. Here's the kicker. It does no good asking God for more if you don't use what he gave you in the first place. Are you awake? Some people are asking for more from God and they haven't even used what he's given you first. God says, you got to use what's in you. I gave that to you to go do it. I told you to go minister to those people. I told you to step up out by faith in your home and be the leader in your home and be the leader in your school and in your campus. Listen, we can't stop asking God for more if we're not going to just give what he's given to us already. Come on, church. This is biblical talk now. This is, this is the word of the Lord. Bless me, bless me, bless me. God says, go do what I've called you to do. I'm waiting on you, God. God says, I'm waiting on you, son or daughter. We don't like to hear that many times because we live in the bless me world. We have to get out and we have to go. God is going to tap the anointing in your life, sir, ma'am, or young point. That, that is the special touch of God that he's put within you. Moses, my servant is dead. I need you to step out of your cocoon of security. Come on. The butterfly doesn't fly in the cocoon. The butterfly has to develop, grow there, but it gets to the point where he outgrows the cocoon and it flies. Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid nor dismayed. He said, don't quit being distressed. Quit being so broken down. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And that's what I want to encourage you with today. Quit being distressed about stuff in life. That's what God is speaking to us. This is the time each of us decides whether we're going to shift our thinking and push beyond our previous best to step through the doorway into a new place of possibility, a new chapter in our lives. He said, be courageous now, be valiant, be a warrior now. I just wonder if there's any men in the house because I'm about ready to talk about the men's conference. Are you here men? Listen. I want to encourage you in a couple of weeks that we have our men's conference weekend. And let me tell you something, men. I want you to show up and I want you to show out. 
Some of you women in the house have been trying to change your man for a long time. It's time for him to get out the door of the house on that weekend, get fed by men of God that are going to be here to speak into their life and into their season for what God wants to do through the men of the house in this place. So, ladies, I need your help. It's time for you to push. I'm already signed up. I signed up my son. He wants to go. We're going to be there. And let me tell you something. This place should be full of men, valiant warriors. Come on, men. Are you going to put it on the line? I mean, are you just going to stay home and do your honey-do list? You say, oh, but you don't know my wife. Let me, you don't know my God. So you need to step out of that place of, uh, of the cocoon, and you need to get signed up for the conference. We don't just put on stuff like this around here just to be busy. You're paying. The church is also paying a portion of this, too, for you to step out and to come and be blessed, to come and be changed, to come and be more like Jesus. That's what I'm talking about. Moses, my servant, is dead. Moses, my servant, is dead. What will you do? See, there's a Jonah mindset versus a David mindset. Both in the Old Testament, Jonah got frightened when a new level of opportunity placed demands on him. And what did he do? He ran, he ran, swallowed by the whale. David stood up in courage, was brave, and ran towards his opportunity. He ran toward the battle. He, he looked at the battle and, go ahead, make my day. We got to have that mentality. Whether, are we going to have a Jonah mindset? Well, I'm just going to keep running from things by fear. I'm just going to keep running. We've all felt that in our life. That's a, fear is a real emotion. But so is power, love, and a sound mind. Amen? Amen. So when you feel small, it's the most important time to stand tall. And you need to have a pep talk with yourself. I had a pep talk with myself probably many times more than I know this week that when you feel down or you feel discouraged, you start having a pep talk with yourself about what God's word has said over you more than anything else. You can't live your destiny in fear and passivity and in hesitation. Joshua chapter 1 verse 2. Now then, get ready to cross the Jordan into the land. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Verse 6, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people. Be strong and very courageous and be careful. This is a powerful portion. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right, to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. When, when you feel small, it's the most important time to stand tall upon God's word. Yes, that is important to know. I, I admire people who just don't go with the flow. 
Because Jesus has called us to live a life of commitment, a life of honor, a life of faithfulness, a life of giving, and a life of devotion before him. I admire that inside of people. I admire people who stand up against negative comments and criticism of people who tried so hard to take their life down and out of the path of serving and loving God, not being committed to church. You may be very well in one of these spots at this moment. But you will never know what's beyond your bravery unless you're courageous now. Rather than being shaken that we turn towards the word of the Lord. This word. This is the word I'm talking about. This is the word I'm saying today. This word. The word. The holy word of God that will stand the test of time in our lives. So we need to know that there are benefits and blessings to being courageous. Number two, be courageous now for the deliverance from things that are self-imposed storms, stuff that you got yourself into and you feel bad about. You can't let what you did wrong stop you from doing what is right. There is a great story in Acts 27 where the Apostle Paul warns people of an upcoming disaster if they board the ship and they go on the journey. You remember this one? Man, he said, I, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to the ship and the cargo and to our very own lives. But I want you to know, the centurion, he said, it's, he said instead of listening to what Paul said, follow the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship. Verse 12, since the harbor was unsuitable to winter in, the majority decided that we should sail on, hoping to reach Phoenix in winter there. This was a harbor in Crete facing both southwest and northwest. What happens, you see through this story, they ended up getting themselves in a storm that destroyed that ship. But Paul didn't preach, hey, I knew this was going to happen. I mean, come on, you know, I told you this. No, he spent the last part of the chapter saying, okay, let's not let yesterday's mistakes take on our lives. Let's be courageous now for what God is calling us to step into. That this is a disaster that didn't need to happen. There are people in this room today that there have been mess-ups in your life that didn't need to happen, but it did. They happened. All of us have probably had one story, if not more, of things, wow, that led to tragedy or, or devastation, shipwrecks that didn't need to happen. But, but, you know, there's things maybe you've stepped into that were outside the will of God, and, and God still loves you today. But what we have to know is we can't let our past define us. The question is, what are you going to do now? That's what I'm preaching about. I mean, what are you going to do now? Even though those previous things were in your life, what are you going to do now? What, this is, today is a new day. This is a new season. We can't let our past define us. You know, in the aftermath of bad decisions, um, you can defend it, justify it, get mad about it, curse the world for it, blame the government, the church, your husband. Adam blamed his wife, the woman you gave me. Or you can be courageous and step up in the place of battle and do something about it with your one and only life. That's what I'm saying. Anyone who loses their vision for the future will always return to their past. If you have lost your way forward, you are about ready to go backwards. 
If you have lost the vision for your life, let me tell you something. We default to our past. We default backwards. Vision is the way forward of a preferred future, and the book of Acts and the leaders in Acts had this heart and their mindset locked within them. That we have a preferred future. It's not here yet, but it is coming. And we can see it. We can see it in our heart and through our spirit of what God is about ready to give to us in the future. There are times in our lives when it's absolutely critical that we walk by faith and not by sight, that we would be courageous now. Be brave now for the deliverance from self-imposed storms that came into your world, that, that a moment of, of courage and being courageous created moments of courage for others and birth uh, somebody that is now a champion. God's called us to birth champions, not chickens. Quit, quit hanging out at the hen house. Come on, church. Right? I mean, are you a champion? Yeah. God's called us to be there. Don't wallow in self-pity. Let's get moving. There, it's, it's amazing, God's word. It's so rich in here. Fears from choices you've made. That's what I admire in people that are here. There are dreamers here. There are dreamers here. God has put a dream within your heart. God says, I'm going to blow upon that once again. I'm going to breathe into that, into your life. He wants to breathe into, into the life of this church even more, into this new season, into this new chapter. Now, you know, in the first service, I told them, I was sitting there on the front row in worship, and I kid you not, I'm not I'm not making this up, my, my legs started to twitch because I had a little fear within me. It did. My right knee, my right knee was like, God, I know what you've called me to do and get up here and say it. I'm just going to get up there and, and do it afraid. And I kind of had to rebuke my kneecap and just kind of, Jesus' name, come on, get going here. I'm just going to get up there and I'm going to do it afraid. Amen. And so are you. And so are you. Amen. Be strong and courageous. What does he tell them in here? Position your mind in your mouth to stay confident in God even when you don't understand what's going on in your life and in your world. You've got to position your mind. You've got to position your mouth to stay confident in God no matter what you are going through today. Be strong and of good courage. And here's a quick four points that, that are instructions for advancement, and I can't even go into them, so they're going to be quick. Number one, he tells them inside of this, Get ready to cross over. Number two, be strong and of good courage. Number three, keep the book in your mouth and in your mind. Number four, don't be dismayed or discouraged. Those are some points we can go home and like chew on. Don't get ready to cross over. That's what I'm saying, church. Get ready to cross over. Prepare now for the internal shift. Be strong and of good courage. Keep the book in your mouth and in your mind. Don't be dismayed or discouraged. Life is uncertain, but God is absolutely certain. Amen. He is absolutely certain. Listen, there is a difference between believing and wanting to believe. There is a difference between faith and wanting faith. Are you with me? You just want it or are you going to possess it? That's what he's saying. My servant is dead, Moses. He was a great servant. 
He had his failures and his faults like all of us. He said, I need you to come now and I need you to take over this nation. Four million people that need to be led out of slavery, darkness, and go to my promised land. Sir, ma'am, in this room, I don't know if you really understand the calling in your life. I really wonder sometimes as we come, do we really understand that that calling that is deep within us to, to lead people out of darkness, to, to lead them towards the front. I don't think we understand that many times. Because we just treat every day like the same day, like yesterday. No, God's calling us to go beyond our previous best and walk into all that he has for us. All. And so, a couple of things to focus on in Joshua. Number one, your territory will extend. I speak that over this house in the name of Jesus. I speak that over every born-again believer in this house that has trusted God with your life. Your territory, as you are courageous before the Lord, he said, if you are courageous, I will extend your territory. That's not a hope so. He said, it's going to happen. Number two, no one will be able to deny you or your destiny. No one. If God be for us, who can be against us? Hey, man.